I'm going to read starting in verse number 12. So what has transpired up to here as Sarah and Abraham have had a son and it's come to the time that Isaac is going to be weaned and Ishmael is mocking Isaac and Sarah tells Abraham, cast this bondwoman out. And it was grievous to Abraham. This was his son, 13 years old, thereabouts. And you know, Abraham doesn't want to get rid of this son. And if, you know, he's a son of a bondwoman, he's a son of the flesh, he's a son of what man can produce. And spiritually speaking, in salvation, you know, we don't want to get rid of that first man. We don't want to get rid of the fleshly man. We love that man. But you know, there's a spiritual man been born by the promises of God. And those two, they're not inheritors together. They, they don't inherit. I tell you, my inheritance in the flesh, is, as our brother said, is right here in this world. That's all there is. And when I leave this world, my inheritance and all that there is is going to stay here. It's over. So that's the situation. And Abraham, and you might count this to be a cruel thing, but now this is the way that it worked out and this is what God said to do. God said, Abraham, verse number 12, Let not it be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also of the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it upon her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And she went and set her down over against him a good way off, as it were a bow shot. For she said, Let me not see the death of the child. And she sat down over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad And the angel of God called unto Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him in thine hand, for I will make of him a great nation. And God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave lad drink. And God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelled in the wilderness and became an archer. And he dwelled in the, in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. And you know, this is what I'd like to think on. We talked to you Wednesday night how that God opened Moses' eyes 
and showed him a tree. God opened Hagar's eyes and showed her a well. And let's just think about this for just a few minutes. So, and God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad to drink. So here we are. You know, this well, you might think, I, I, believe it's, I believe it's just exactly like it was with the tree that God showed Moses. The tree was there all along. The means was there all along. But you know, there was, there was a great, great need. And I would say it like this. If God doesn't open our eyes for salvation, we're going to die in the wilderness. They're wandering in the wilderness is what the, the Word of God says. Wandering in the wilderness. And it looks hopeless, doesn't it? Doesn't it look hopeless? I mean, the water's spent. They're wandering around in the wilderness. The lad, she's cast the lad away and put him under a bush. And she's went a bow shot away. She doesn't want to see what's going to happen to her son. What's going to happen to her child. But you know, the Bible says that the Lord heard, doesn't say the Bible heard Hagar's cry. The Bible said that the Lord heard the cry of the lad. Now Hagar's weeping. I mean, that's, it's in, right here in the text. And Hagar, Hagar, what elethe Hagar? The Bible said that she lift up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. Isn't that amazing? She's weeping, and God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called unto Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? What do you have need of? Can you see that? God is saying to us, what do you have need of, Hagar? Did God know what the need was? I believe God knew exactly what the need was. But would you, would you agree with me? If God doesn't supply the need, she's going to die, and Abraham's seed's going to die as well. And I know this is not Isaac, but God said to Abraham, I'm going to make a great nation out of him as well. So if we don't try to go too far and, and eliminate Ishmael, he's still Abraham's seed. And without the intervention of God in this situation, Hagar is going to die, and Ishmael is going to die also. But I want you to think farther. The promise of God is going to die. If God doesn't bring the means for Ishmael to live, what God promised is going to fall by the wayside, isn't it? So is God going to provide? Is God going to be true? 
Now, it looks like Hagar's give up, but listen to what the Bible says in chapter number 16. I, I believe this, that we can forget the Red Sea. We can forget the fishes and the loaves. We can forget, and you know something? Right here's Hagar forgetting what God promised her just a few days before. And I, I, don't, I don't mean to say that uh, flippantly. It, it's been 13 years before. But look with me in chapter 16. So Hagar's she's fled from Sarah. And the Lord said in chapter 16 and verse number 9, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and thou shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thine affliction. Now here we are in chapter 21, and Hagar says, My boy's going to die, and I'm going to die, and there's no hope. You know, I need to remember what God's promised, folks. I need to remember that God made a promise back here 13 years ago. And you know something? God cannot lie. God cannot say and make a promise and not do. That would make God a liar, wouldn't it? He said, let every man be a liar. (laughs) Who's a liar here? And I don't mean that wrong. But Hagar says it's over. (laughs) Why, that's a lie. As long as God Almighty's on the throne, it's not over. Because God is going to bring to pass. But you know what needs to be done? Just as Hagar needs her eyes open, Moses needed his eyes open, I need my eyes open, and you need your eyes open. We need our eyes open. And, and listen to what the Bible says. What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad. What do you stand in need of, Hagar? I ask us today, what do we stand in need of? There's no question what Hagar needs. Hagar needs water. Hagar, Hagar needs... It's not that right now she needs bread. It's not, I don't know that the, that the bread's spent. The water's spent. They're wandering in the wilderness, and that's where we are today. Honest to God, we're in the midst of a waste-howling wilderness, and the truth is, we don't know what we stand in need of, and we don't know how near to what we need, how near that it is. It's in sight. What she needs is within sight. But you know, is it under the bush? Is it right there where Ishmael is? Is it between her and Ishmael? I don't know, but I know this, that it's near. 
It's near enough that she can see it. And no doubt, if her eyes had been opened, she could have seen it before. And you and I, we stand in need of our eyes being open. In this wilderness, there's so many things to hinder us to what God really wants us to see, to see uh, that we need our eyes open. You know, that's what I ought to be asking for. God made Ish, uh, I, uh, made Hagar a promise and made Abraham a promise in this same chapter that He's going to make a great nation out of Ishmael. You can't go back on that. You can't discount that. You can't do away with that. So if that be the situation, and I think, and she thinks, Ishmael's going to die right here. Let me go over here. Don't let me see my son die. She's given up, hasn't she? She says there's no hope. But if there's no hope, that means that God has told a lie. God cannot lie. So there's a hope. What do I need? I need my eyes to be open to see, God, how are you going to bring to pass? God, you promised me 13 years ago that my son was going to be a great nation and the multitude was going to be more than the sand of the sea or the stars of heaven. God, you, you've made, you've made that and I believe it's the sand of the sea for him and the stars of heaven for Isaac. I believe that's the way that it really is spiritually. That one of them is earthly and one of them is heavenly. But here's the thing, the means for God's work to be carried out is right nearby, but her eyes are blind to that. Her eyes, the situation that we're in a lot of times blinds us to the promise of God. The promise of God has been forgotten because of the situation. Can you see that? You know, this well... This well is nearby. This well is close enough by that she can go and fill up this bottle. This skin is what it is. She can fill this up. And she's going to give it to Ishmael and they're going to live. But that's not going to happen until God opens the eyes. Look at the, what the Bible says. And God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So there, there, the, uh, the, the salvation physically in this situation, spiritually in our situation, unless the eyes are open, we're going to die in the wilderness. Unless God opens the eyes... Unless God opens the eyes, we're going to die in the place that we're at. We're going to die there, and we're, gonna, we're, we're not going to be able uh, to save ourselves. We're not able to create a well in a waste held in wilderness. But I want you to know this. There is a well in the wilderness. Thank God there's a well in this wilderness that we're living in. And friend, if God would open our eyes, there is a well that has been dug. There is a well, whether it was dug by man or God made it to be a springing up well, a well of water springing up. Uh, friend, I don't know what you think about this, 
But you think about seeing a whale and friend knowing this, that she's going to take a wine skin, she's going to take a goat skin, she's going to take a, a, a skin and she's going to fill this up. Did she dip it down into the whale? I don't know. I don't know, but the word right there talking about a whale is something that is flowing. I tell you, there's something flowing here uh, that you and I, if God would open our eyes, should we pray for that? I believe we ought to pray for that. We ought to pray that God would open the eyes of my family and your family God would open our eyes I'd have realized that it's not near as hopeless, not near as uh, 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 an inability or un unable for this to happen. I'll tell you, if God can open the eyes, a friend in the midst of the wilderness for Ishmael and Hagar, He can do that in our lives. How near is it? Listen to what the Bible says. The Bible said, Let me not see the death of, my, of the child. And she sat over against him, lift up her voice. You know what? She don't even want to see him. She don't want to look and see him. Well, I'll tell you, I believe it'd be good for us to see. I believe it'd be good for us to see the situation and to cry out, God open their eyes. God open. I know this. I know in my heart she's not looking at it. And you know the truth is you can't see when they're going to die. You're not able to understand when they're going to die. But you do know this. If God doesn't do something, they're going to die in the wilderness. And there they are. There they're going to be. There they're going to be dead. And there's a well nearby. How close. Paul said in Romans chapter number 10, how close is it? Romans chapter 10, verse number 6, The righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, say not in thy heart, who shall ascend unto heaven? Does, does God need to do a miracle and rain down rain and fill up her wine. No, there's a there's a whale nearby. There is a whale nearby. What the problem is is her eyes are beholding. You you remember what he said in Luke chapter number twenty four as they were walking on the road to Emmaus, a uh, friend. What what was the problem? Their eyes were beholding. They did not know that it was Jesus that was walking with them. All after, all through that day up and up into the afternoon, the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ was walking with them and their eyes were beholden. Who did that? God did that. God had them. I, I don't say that they were blind, but I say that God put them in a place that they could not see. They couldn't understand. They couldn't realize that it was the Lord that was walking with them. But you know what they said afterwards? Didn't our hearts burn within us while He walked with us and talked with us by the way? You know something? There was something going on there that was absolutely unbelievable. Something going on there that was unnatural. Something going on there. Though they couldn't see it. Though they couldn't. I'll 
tell you, friend, that the well, the well is nearby. What we stand in need of is God to open our eyes and to see, friend, how that there is a nearness of God here. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 6. The righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thy heart, Who shall ascend up, a, up to heaven? That is to bring down Christ from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh unto thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. How near is salvation? I tell you what it is. Uh, friend, it's at the heart. Uh, friend, it's so near. It's so near that it's right around us. Salvation is near. Uh, friend, salvation uh, for Ishmael to live and for Hagar to live is in this. I tell you what it is. It's as close as God opening the eyes. That's it. Salvation for Ishmael and for Hagar is as close as them, her eyes being opened. You see that? They're going to die. She's gonna, he's going to die before her, being a young child, being a young teenager. She's probably going to die, but he's going to die before her. He needs that at his age, at his metabolism, at his life. He needs that. She may give him the majority of the water already, but he is going to die. But know this, if God would open her eyes, there is a means of salvation for her and for Ishmael right nearby. So how near is it? Well, Paul said that it was so near that there was no need for us to bring Christ down from heaven or to bring, uh, to bring the Lord up from the grave again. No, I tell you, it's in thy heart, even the word of faith which we preach, the gospel of this salvation. You know how, how near it is? I tell you, there's folks sitting here service after service that has heard the gospel, but the truth is their eyes are still beholden unto who Jesus really is. We ought to pray and cry and seek after God that He would open their eyes. And listen, I'm going to say this very respectfully. God has determined the end. God doesn't jump from birth to the end. God doesn't jump from birth to the end in salvation either. There is a means to get to the end. Do not, do not think that God has left the church, left the preaching, left the family, left His people out of the means of the Word of God getting out. There is a means to the end. How do you think this table, how do you think this table got here? So Vaughn says a man build it. How did he build it? Had to be a tree cut. Was there anything between the tree being cut and the man building it? Was there a sawmill? Was there a planer? 
Was there an edger? Was there a what was there a joiner? Was there any glue? Who planted the tree? I mean, did the man go out and one day he went out in the woods and there was nothing there and the next day he went out and there was an oak tree that was two foot through and he cut it down and made this table. No ma'am and no sir. There was a means to get to the end. And so it is in this world that we live in. There is a means. And you and I may very well be the means. I'll tell you this, that Hagar is the means for Ishmael to live. Don't discount that. God doesn't go from A to Z. I didn't learn my I didn't learn my alphabet by going A Z. No, I tell you what I did. I went right down the alphabet and I learned to count starting at one and going to ten. There is a means to get to the end. I'm not saying God does not determine the end from the beginning. I'm not saying that God does not declare the end from the beginning. But does not He also declare the means? Are you part of the means? Huh? Are you part of the means? How did that table get built? I tell you, it could be, hypothetically, could have been a bird. Could have been a squirrel. Could have been a squirrel picked up an acorn. hundred yards from where this tree grew. He brought that acorn up there and he buried it. Never did come back and get it. Ninety-seven years later, uh, comes a man with a chainsaw and cuts down a 30-inch oak and calls it down to the sawmill. And the man at the sawmill cuts it up into one vase, a friend, and they take it down to the furniture factory and they put it in the kiln and they dry it. And then the three years later, they plane it. A friend, and after that, they bring it out and they bring it into, it uh, looks like probably about 10-inch boards here, maybe a 10 and maybe a 6 and maybe a, a 5 or a 6 and another 6. And they put all of that together and they put a joiner over the side of it and they glued it together and they run it around the router table and friend, somebody put the finish on it and somebody brought it to the place to sell and somebody bought it and somebody carried it into the house of God. There was a means for this to get here. Our eye needs to be open that you may very well be part of the means. I tell you, we can get so wrapped up in God determining that we forget the means. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says their eyes were holding that they should not know Him. That word there means to be strong, to be ruled, to be under the control. Who controlled their eyes that they couldn't see at that moment in time? The Lord did. The Lord did. Who's going to open? Who's going to open the eyes of Hagar? God is. Now, now let's think. Let's think about this. What caused God to open the eyes? 
Well, let's think, Larry. God made a promise he can't go back on, did he? God made a promise to Hagar 13, 14 years previous. God made a promise to Abraham the day before he sent her out that morning, right? But as Larry said, there was prayer. According to the Word of God, Hagar was weeping. It may very well have been that Ishmael was weeping as well. But know this, that God's Word is going to happen. But I would agree with you, Larry. I would agree that there was a weeping, there was a crying, because the Bible says this. Know this now. Well, preacher, uh, God's going to preserve uh, Ishmael uh, because of the promise. And that's all there is. We're going from A to Z, and that's all there is. God said, and lift up the lad and hold him. And God opened her eyes. What helleth thee, Hagar? I, for God, hath heard the voice of the lad. Praise God, there was a means. Don't get the means in front of the Lord. Don't think you can make it happen. You work as God bids you to work. You pray as God bids you to pray. You beg God to open your eyes and also to open the eyes of those round about us. I'll tell you this, Ishmael is going to die if God doesn't open their eyes. Now there's the horizontal. It. The vertical, God, God knows exactly what He's going to do. You think God doesn't know the compassion this woman has for her son? You think this boy, 13 years old, has not got a yearning, and maybe he's got a fear right now. Maybe he's been with his daddy enough and been in the desert enough and realized this, here we are in the middle of the wilderness. I'm 13 years old and I've not had any water in three or four hours and it's 95 degrees and here I am laying under this bush to shade me a little bit and I, 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 I'm afraid I'm going to die. Reckon there was something coming out of his heart. God said He heard the cry of the affliction of His people. That's what He told Moses. I've heard the cry of my people down in Egypt. They were under affliction, weren't they? Now is God going to deliver them 430 years? They're going down there and they're going to stay and God's going to deliver. How's He going to deliver? Why, He's just going to snap His finger and bring them out and He's going to bring them out of Egypt and plant them in Canaan's land. No, ma'am and no, sir. There's going to be ten plagues. There's going to be the death of Pharaoh's son. Now, there's going to be the Red Sea crossing. There's going to be murmuring and complaining and wondering whether Moses really knows God. God's going to deliver them through the Red Sea. They're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years and then they're going to Canaan's land. There's a means. We need our eyes open, folks. You that are lost, I pray that God will open your eyes. And you that are the means, you that are being used of God, you that are saved, you that have heard the promise of God, you that God has made a promise to you, we need to have our eyes open that we could see what God wants us to do. Right? Isn't that right? 
Who all needs their eyes open? I tell you, the church needs their eyes open to the promises of God. The lost people need their eyes open to the salvation of God. So everybody around needs their eyes open, and there's only one that can open the eyes. That's Almighty God. God's the one that <coughs> have to open our eyes. Look with me. I, I want to think about the nearness for just a minute or two. So 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. Even unto this day, 3.15, even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon the heart. <laughs> you know by the law, friend, nobody's going to get in. Do you know that by the law, everybody's going to die in the wilderness? But by grace, thank God by grace, we can be brought in by God opening the eyes. By Almighty God doing a work in the heart and opening the eyes. I, I, I believe this. I, I, I believe that, 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 that there's nothing wrong. There's really, honest to God, there's nothing wrong. But Hagar's eyes. You think God did a miracle on her eyes? No, I tell you what God's doing. God is giving her a perception that she was unable to perceive before. God is enlightening us spiritually where we were unable. You see, all that Hagar can see is a bush where she put her son. When a bow shot away, as she doesn't see a well, the only thing that she can see is death. That's what's coming. But you know, God can open the eyes and we can see life. <laughs> God can open the eyes and we can see a means. As they read Moses, you know what's in the law? Condemnation. No hope. It's hopeless. I'm in the wilderness. I'm going to die here. But I'll tell you this, if God would show me grace, if God would be gracious unto me, if God would be gracious unto you, and God would be gracious unto our families and open their eyes, I tell you what, there's salvation nearby. Near, oh, how near. Listen with me again. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. I know this is a familiar scripture. And you know, this is the truth. This is where I thought I was going to go Wednesday night. And when we was in the prayer room praying, the Lord turned me a different way. But I believe, and I don't know how long or how long we might could dig on this, but there are several, <coughs> several situations, uh, uh, um, several instances in the Bible that we could sort of look along this same line. So the Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter number, First uh, Corinthians chapter number two, verse number fourteen: The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him; neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. You know what uh, 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 Hagar needs. Hagar needs some spiritual eyes, doesn't she? The Lord's got a whale in the midst of the wilderness, and Hagar can't see it. And our families and our people are going to die in their sins and die and go to hell. And you and I are aware of that. And we're aware of that situation. We're aware that they're going to die there. Hagar is aware that Ishmael is going to die if something doesn't happen. But I tell you, God opens her eyes, and it's not a natural 
physical opening of the eyes. It's a spiritual opening of the eyes. Her natural eyes were open enough that she knew to throw the boy under a shrub. She knew enough to get a bow shot away where she couldn't see him. Is her eyes working? Let me not see. Her eyes are working. But what does she need? She needs a spiritual vision. She needs a vision that only God can give that she could see that there's a means for salvation. We need not pray. You know, I don't want to be ugly. But we need not pray that our son or our daughter or our family get this disease or have this wreck or this happens to them naturally. I tell you what they need. They need a spiritual awakening. I need to realize that God has got a means of salvation. God help me to, that my eyes be open, uh, that I might be able to see what He wants me to do. Now God can't go back on His Word. He cannot back up. He cannot go back. He said in Isaiah chapter number 55, how, how near is He? Well, according to Isaiah chapter 59, 55, call on the Lord while He is near. Isn't that what the Bible says? Isaiah chapter 55, and He said, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and drink. And he that hath no money, come ye, and buy, and eat, and come and buy wine and milk without money. Let me ask you this. What, what if Hagar had a sack full of money? Could that save her boy? Come and buy without money and without price. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be the grace of God. Call ye upon the Lord while He is near. How near was He? I don't know how you can get around it. He was within earshot. Wasn't He? Wasn't He within earshot? That's how near that He was. He was so near that he heard the cry of the lad. He was so near that he was within earshot. How the well was so near that when God opened her eyes, she could see it. It was so near that she had the strength to go, even though they may have been parched, even though it looked like they were going to die. Ain't it amazing? She had the strength to go and fill up the bottle and give it to the boy. We're not as dead and not as far out and not as uh, hopeless as we think. I tell you what we need is an eye-opening. That's what we stand in need of. We stand in need of God opening our eyes. He says to us in Luke chapter number 15, Well, preacher, my people are terrible sinners. Well, I, I heard a man say this morning that he was an exceeding sinner. I read in the Bible where the people, the men down in Sodom were exceeding sinners. But know this, I was an exceeding sinner too. I was on my way to hell. But I tell you what God did for me one Monday morning. Almighty God opened my eyes one morning and I realized how bad a shape I was in. I realized by the opening of my eyes, by the work and the Word of God Almighty, and there was a means. God had a person in the church 
Five words. Have you ever been saved? (laughs) Oh my God, it seemed like the weight of the world fell on me that morning. (laughs) Oh, thank God He opened my eyes to my condition that day. God opened my eyes. I was lost and going to hell. Thank God there was somebody, somebody who God opened their eyes and somebody who God had a little word to say to me. Five little words that brought me under conviction. Five little words that opened my eyes. Five little words that showed me I was unprepared. Five little words that brought me to a place my eyes were open for the first time in my life. Thank God for that. There was a means God could have saved me. He could have saved me without that man. Let me ask you this. Is the Word of God that says He worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. Is that true? He worketh some things. He works the Z. He works the Omega. No, I tell you what He does. He works everything from A to Z, everything from one to infinity, everything from Alpha to Omega. He works it all. He's in all. He said in Psalm number 34. Psalm 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto Him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried unto the Lord The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Isn't that wonderful? The angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him and delivered them. Arise, lift up thy lad the lad, and hold him in thy hand, for I will make of him a great nation. Listen, go back with me. Go back with me. Verse 13, And also the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he is thy seed. Go back with me. Chapter 16. Verse 11, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael, for the Lord hath heard thine affliction. And I will multiply thy seed, verse 10, exceedingly, and it shall not be numbered for multitude. God cannot go back on His Word, folks. Look with me another time. You know what the problem is? The problem's not 
that Hagar can't see. The problem is not that our families know they're going to die. They're unaware of that. No, they know they're going to die. Have they heard about Jesus? There could be people in our community that has not heard about Jesus, but I would say most likely everyone in these families that are here today have heard about Jesus. The problem is not that we can't see naturally or we don't understand naturally. The problem is a moral blindness. The problem is a spiritual blindness. The problem, friend, is man doesn't believe. You know, man thinks that, that, that everybody is going to die except for him. That's the way we all think. I mean, we look around and we say, man, they look old, don't they? Not me, though. I don't. That's the way we think. Get your picture book out. Get your picture. You don't have to go 25 years. Just go five. Just go five months sometimes. There's a spiritual, a moral blindness. Our world is aware. But they need their spiritual eye opened. They need to be made aware that they, they're already condemned. Well, preacher, you know, I, 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 I realize that when I die, when I die, if I'm not saved, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift my eyes and you're already condemned. You don't have to wait till the end. You're already condemned. If you're unsaved today, if you're not filled with the Spirit and the power of God, if you don't have a spiritual understanding and have drunk from the well of water where God opened your eyes and sent you to that place, if we don't have our spiritual eyes open and have drunk out of the well of the Lord Jesus Christ, out of that well of living water, out of that Holy Spirit of God rolling up in you, we're lost today. Preacher, I can see just fine. So she, could she. She could see her son. She could see a bush to throw him under. She could go a bow shot away and said, I don't want to see him. I don't want to look that way. I want to be far enough away that when he dies, I don't see it. Wasn't a thing in the world wrong with her natural sight. The problem was her spiritual sight. The problem was she could not see that there was a means of salvation right there. Just a little more. Listen to what the Bible says in, in Ezekiel chapter 37. You know, I know this is a familiar Scripture, and this is going much different than I anticipated, but we're going to do our best just to follow the Lord another, another minute or two. And, 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 and as, as, as Ezekiel is carried out into the valley of dry bones, he says this, the bones came together. There was sinews on them. There was skin on them. Bone come to bone. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse number 8. And, and when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Can you see this, friend? I believe Joseph covered it last Sunday. How that the Spirit is the breath of God. I friend, that the Spirit and the breath are the same word if you trace them back far enough. So what's missing in this great army how that Ezekiel is all coming together? Well, I tell you, they've got skin and they've got tendons and they've 
got sinew and they've got bones, but the problem is they don't have any breath of God in them. You know what's missing? It's not that they're not breathing. They've got natural breath. They've got natural eyes. They've got natural hands and they've got natural feet. But the problem is they don't have anything spiritual. There's no breath of God in them. Prophesy to the wind. What did God do? I tell you, God brought life. God brought life. A little bit more. So as you think about this, God opened in in Ephesians chapter number one, we've been looking there quite a long while over the last uh, several months probably. But you know what the Lord says to Paul, or Paul says? I'm praying unto God, verse chapter 1, verse 18 in the book of Ephesians, I'm praying unto God that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you might know what is the hope of His calling, the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. You know what we need? We need an understanding. Hagar understands her boy's going to die. Hagar understands they can't live much longer. But I tell you, if God would open the eyes, we'll have a different understanding If God will open the eyes, we can see things different. If God will open the eyes, we we can see this. There is a provision here that, that, that the eye, the eye is blind to. The spiritual eye of my family and your family and people sitting in the church, the eye is blind. The spiritual need. I believe her eye was just fine. I do. Her natural eye was working just fine. You know, she didn't go 25 feet away and her vision was bad and she said, if I can get 25 or 30 feet away, I won't be able to see when he dies. She went a bow shot away. She wanted that vision. She wanted to not be able to see but here's the Lord. Opens her eye. Here, there's a whale nearby. There's a whale here in the wilderness. Read with me again, if you would, just, just a little bit more. In Second Timothy chapter number 9. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. I'll get it right in a minute. 2 Timothy chapter number 1, verse number 9. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Paul says, don't be ashamed of me, Timothy. I'm a prisoner. You partake of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Verse number 9. Who has saved us? Listen now. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling? Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. When was purpose and grace given to Paul? By the Word of God in Timothy, by the Word of God in Ephesians. When was God 
the grace of God given unto Paul before the foundation of the world. When was that revealed? In time. Verse 10. Who has saved us? When was Paul saved? When did Paul say he was saved? Was he saved before the foundation of the world? In his thinking now. Salvation, the grace of God was given before the foundation of the world. The determination of God was before the foundation of the world. He was going to be a servant of God. He was going to be a preacher to the Gentiles. But when was he saved? He was saved on the Damascus Road. Was he not? Listen now. Who has saved us and called us who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which He has given us in Christ Jesus before the world was, but is now made manifest by the appearing of Jesus, of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. When was Paul saved? In the mind of God before the foundation of the world. Isn't that true? But on the timeline, folks, was there a means? God struck him down on the Damascus Road. That wasn't even the end of it. He's three days and three nights with no water and no food, and he's blind. Isn't he blind? He's blind. But there's a man that God... God's going to use a man... God's going to use a man. Why, He could have saved him. He saved him before the foundation of the world. In the mind of God, that is exactly right. But in the purposes of God horizontally, there is a means. He spoke to one named Ananias. said, go down there. Go down there. There's a man down there. uh, And he's in a street called Straight. Go down there. Behold, he prayed And what's Ananias going to do? You know, there just ain't no way to get around. (laughs) There just ain't no way to get around this. We need our eyes open. God help us, we need our eyes open. Go down. Go down to the street, call straight, inquire at the house of Judas for one, Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. And he hath seen a vision... Now let me ask you, how is this man seeing a vision if he's blind? Is there a difference? There is a difference. Praise God, there's a difference. Our people need their eyes open. Paul seen a vision. Verse number 13, Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, verse number 12. And has seen a vision a man named Ananias coming unto him and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. A man that's got a vision that needs his to receive his sight. Well, preacher, that, that's just a bunch of foolishness. The Bible's just a mess, ain't it? No, I'm a mess and you're a mess. What we need is the right interpretation of it. There's a natural man who is blind in this Scripture. 
In Genesis chapter 1, chapter 21, there is a woman who can see naturally who is blind spiritually. And Ananias said, Lord, I have heard many things about this man. How much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And have, uh, have, and he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call upon thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for I have. He is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of, the, of Israel. When, when was that purpose started? Before the foundation of the world. Well, God can do it without Ananias. God can do it any way He pleases. But God may very well have used a squirrel to plant an acorn that growed the tree that this communion table is made out of. He's going to use Ananias. What's Ananias need? Ananias' vision of Paul or Saul of Tarsus, this man is a killer. Through the Word of God, God is going to open the eyes of Ananias and he is going to go speak to Paul. He's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before... Now let me ask you this, who could have chosen? Did Paul choose to make himself a vessel? Who chose him to be a vessel? He is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how, th- how great things he must suffer for my... Who is doing the choosing and who's bringing the suffering? Is this not God? Called it? Let me ask you. Did Paul choose? I, I know Joseph covered a verse over in Philippians. Uh, I mean a stout verse. <coughs> the one that caused you to believe he's the same one that brings about the suffering. If I had my choice, I wouldn't choose to suffer. Would you? No. I wouldn't have chose to believe either. But he did it. I may have to read that in a minute. But anyway, and Ananias went his way and entered into the house and pulling, putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul... The Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way hath came, as thou camest, has sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, now here's Paul. You know what he's like? Paul's like Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 8. Paul's got arms and Paul's got legs and Paul's got, uh, I've got sinews and Paul's got eyes, but Paul has no breath in him. He's just like that army with no breath. I'll keep what's going to happen. Our friend God is going to open his eyes. He's going to use Ananias to do it. He sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled. You think this was a happenstance? Ananias just chose to go down there. No, I'm, I'm sorry, that won't work. Ananias had an encounter with God and God opened his eyes. And Paul had an encounter with Ananias who was sent by God and through the working of Ananias, Paul's eyes were opened as well. 
You see, there's a well in the wilderness. There's a well there. And as far as as far as Hagar's concerned, she can't see it. And as far as Ishmael is concerned, they can't see it. But when God opened her eyes, she could see it. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. All the work of God. But it's not all a work of God without you. It is a work of God in you. It's a work of God with you. It is Him who both worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. We need our eyes open, folks. Honest to God, there's a well in the wilderness. You may not see it, but if God, if we could pray, if we could pray for ourselves and also for our people that are lost, God opened my eyes and God opened their eyes. They're going to